Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. If you're watching us on ESPN News this morning, it's dark in New York City. Sunrise isn't coming until 6.53 in the morning here in lower Manhattan, but it might not be bright and sunny in Philadelphia or East Rutherford for quite some time. A disastrous performance by the Jets, taking on the equally disastrous Broncos. Denver gets the win. I got to tell you, fellas, Mark Rippon was the MVP for you guys that are old enough of uh, Super Bowl Twenty Six. His nephew, a guy that had never done anything in the league, spent all of last year on the practice squad, most of this year on the practice squad, looked like the MVP of Thursday Night Football, outplaying a third overall pick. I know they're not playing each other, Darnold and Rippon, but this was another disastrous day for the Jets. We wait to see if the other shoe drops. Welcome inside Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. We'll talk to former Jet General Manager Mike Tannenbaum coming up at 6.30. Resident Jet fan at ESPN, Mike Greenberg, will join us at 7. Fellas, they're 0-4. Their line is terrible. Their record is terrible. And they are terribly key, undisciplined. They they are. And and you talked about young Rippon there. He was pretty good at Boise State. He he holds a number of records in the the WAC conference there. Um, look, he, here's what I would say when I when I talk about watching football with teams that struggle for various reasons. I want to look at how they do in games in terms of smoothness, in terms of discipline, clean, and just clean, clean football. You want to see That's clean football, and you didn't see it with the Jets last night. Okay, so they lose 37-28. Mm-hmm. They had 11 penalties for 118 yards. They always have penalties, though. But that's, that's every game. But that's hitting yardage. I understand. That's, every, every, that's been for, every game. For every 100 yards is a touchdown. Mm-hmm. They lose, okay, by if, – if they, if they don't have those penalties, that's 10 points to their advantage. That's about 10 points to their advantage. So they essentially could have won the game by one point. But because it's the New York Jets, they're undisciplined. They don't show respect to the head coach because they don't like the head coach. So, therefore, they just go out there and do dumb stuff. It's not even about whether or not Sam Darnold, the quarterback, played well. Yeah, he played well enough for me to believe that he could potentially still be the future of the New York Jets with somebody else in charge. Now, clearly, that isn't going to happen today or tomorrow. They're going to wait and see, according to the reports that's out there, whether or not Adam Gase is going to be on the move. Um but when you look at it, that discipline is a major, major issue. You don't want to sit a, send a team out there. If you're not going to be disciplined, you're going to have late hits. You're going to jump off sides. You're going to have holding calls. You're going to have pass interference calls. That's how you lose football games. You can't possibly win with 11 <clears throat> penalties, 118 yards, and win a football. It's just not going to happen. What did you expect from the worst team in football? Seriously, it was a question to you guys. Well, did you expect anything from? The, did you expect something from the worst team in football last night? Well, I expected them to at least look somewhat. <laughs> I see your eyes looking up in the air, trying to find something. No, I, to I expect. expected for them against a team that was broken down, like the Denver Broncos, to at least give us something. The Denver, oh, the Denver Broncos oh, didn't key. have. They, they were playing with a practice squad well, key player. The, this was, at quarterback, this not was, at not at running back or receiver or DB at quarterback. I understand. This was the perfect setup game. It was the perfect setup game for a team that already has been playing horrific football, right? So if I had told you before the game that Brett Rippon came in and he had three INTs and one led to a pick six, what would you say? You'd be like, oh, Jets win this game easily. They won the game. We're calling him the MVP of the game. 
Of three INTs, I mean, he played a, a pretty good game, but I, I'm just saying. So even look at their defense. When you have six personal fouls against the Jets defense, when you have three instances of roughing the passer, two of unnecessary roughness, like these are the penalties that you inevitably talk about, Key. That's why Fangio didn't come out and shake Adam Gase's hand after the game. That was something. Right? And I'm telling you right, Steve, I was asleep by the end. Steve Smith <laughs> went on the NFL Network afterwards and, and flat out said it. He's like, this is what Greg Williams' defense is. This is what I expect. They're always doing shady stuff. Just follow it. So, I mean, regardless of whether you disagree with that or not, and then considering watching Sam Darnold and their offense, a lot of poor offensive play calling from somebody who's supposed to be a brilliant mind, I expected this. This is nothing shocking. What's more shocking to me is The Athletic came out with a report saying that the Jets are not going to fire Adam Gase, that he'll probably be their head coach for the rest of the season. That was shocking to me. On that tip, I want to hear from Gase in just a second. Key mentioned that Rippon balled out in the Mountain West Conference. Oh, Mountain and now West. I in said the, the WAC. Mountain but, West. But to your point, speaking of college football, be a part of Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin Nation on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed, ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. It's official. College football's back. And so is your favorite Dr. Pepper-loving college football town, Fansville. Head to a store near you to treat your inner college football fan to an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. And we should mention that the Mountain West announced a few days ago they'll be back for an eight-game schedule. So we'll see the new Boise State squad post-ripping coming up later this month. All right, so let's hear from Adam Gase. Real quick, a couple things on Gase. First, 10 seconds is all we need to hear. When asked the question, even though Jay says the Athletic has reported their Jets are in for the quote-unquote long haul for whatever that means the next 12 <laughs> weeks or so. I'm rich. He doesn't, yeah, he's not worried about his rent. Every time I hear that, I think David <laughs> Chappelle, but I will not say the line on <laughs> What would Gase say to the frustrated fans who don't want to see him coach another game? We're working to get this thing right. I mean... I'm not happy about this. I mean, I know we can play way better than this. I know we can not beat ourselves and do the things we're doing. I'll tell you what, you're in a situation here where, uh, I mean, he, he would be undefeated if it was the cliche game, but unfortunately it's the other way around and they don't have a win. Secondarily, this is real quick. What gives you the confidence, Coach Gase? You are the right coach to lead this team back to prominence. This is what I do for a living. And this is what this coaching staff does. I mean, this is... The adversity of the NFL. The adversity of the NFL. Key, I want to mention this. Speaking of adversity, because it's on both sides, Brett Rippon, as you mentioned, played pretty good for a practice squad player. Think about this for a second. He didn't even know he was going to start the game until Monday, right? So the Broncos lose a game. Then they say, kid, you're our guy on Monday, on the road, short week with no NFL experience. And it didn't look like... I don't know what kind of coach Fangio is. I know Denver fans are down on him the way Jet fans are down on Gase. But they did something in the last three days to get this kid ready. you got to give Rippon some they credit. They did. They played against the Jets. Yes, but the coaching staff gets some credit, right? The kid did nothing. Yeah, absolutely. And you got to think, Pat Shermer, the former uh, New York Giants yep. head coach, is the offensive coordinator over in Denver. Yep. So, And he's known as a quarterback guy. Yep. And he's gotten... Ripping to look like a quarterback. The first first couple drives, I was like, oh, okay, I could deal with that. I think the kid was like eight or eight, and he was dropping dimes. I'm like, okay, all right, I ain't mad at that. I mean, you know, when you look at certain throws, you go, gives a guy a chance. Jared Judy on a 50-50 ball takes it off the top head of a, a, a jet defender. You look at that, he drops another one in the in the bucket of Jared Judy again. So you sit there and you go, okay, I I, I see where – what they see in him when they signed him. A seam route up the seam uh, for a touchdown. 
at some point in the game to uh, I can't think of the guy's name, but it was like number eighty one or something where he ran Potter. the seam route, bam, put him perfect throw. Like he looked like a pro quarterback. So I'm just saying, Pat Shermer has him looking right. Where Adam Gase and Sam Darnold looked. Sam Darnold looked okay at times to me because I was looking for certain things from him. I also was looking at the offensive line and the protection schemes and the things that they did in terms of the formations. Did it get creative? When he delivered the football, when he had time, he looked like a dude that could play quarterback and be in the NFL for a very long time and be successful. Just think about it. No Drew Locke, no Cortland Sutton, no K.J. Hamler, no Phillip Lindsay, no Von Miller. It's And I hear what everybody – Chubb playing in and out Chubb of the lineup. I hear what everybody's saying about Rippon. Great. I'm really happy for him. But, like, this could not happen against any other team but the worst team in football. I'll leave it at that. That is fair. No question about it. That is right on the money. Just a reminder, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. Mike Greenberg, you think you're frustrated as a Jet fan? Greeny's going to join us at 7 o'clock. We'll wait to see how he unloads. He'll join us on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line, as do all of our guests this morning. Still to come, more gangrene conversation. What good would a change do for the Jets right now? And if Gase is in so much trouble, why isn't his boss? Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We welcome in Michael Kay, host of the Michael Kay Show on 9870 ESPN in New York. Keyshawn's a little bit of an agitator on our show. Is that what he does on your show? Yeah, it's pretty consistent. He's stirring it up, and I don't know why. I, I, when I grew up, when I was like four or five years old, I was a huge fan of Keyshawn when he was with the Jets. Wait, four, four, wait, four, wait, four, wait, four wait, five wait, years wait, old. Get him, Mike. <laughs> my, my mom and dad used to put me in the crib and let me watch the Jet games right through the slats, and I used to love Keyshawn. <laughs> but that oh, was a long this. time ago. Mike, please come on more. We need more of you in our lives. Good Friday morning, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. You just heard the voice there, of course, of J. Will, of course, of Keyshawn and Michael Kay, the voice of the Yankees, who has a show on our flagship station, 98.7 ESPN, in New York, where they talk, of course, all things Big Apple sports. And Michael joined us yesterday, and one of the most adamant things he said is, is it time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Michael got straight to the point and said, there's no reason to make any sort of change with the New York Jets. Wait it out. If you have a terrible season, solidify a top pick, a top two, top three pick. He just doesn't believe at this particular point. Michael Kay, mm-hmm. who's been around the area for decades, he just says at this point there's no reason to make a hasty move. You know what you are. You are what your record says you are, as another famous coach once said. Uh, but you're not totally on board with that, obviously, Key. Look, I'll, 
if you make the decision that that's the direction that you want to go as an organization, then I'm okay with it. I, I just believe that when you have your mind made up that he's not going to be your coach long term and you still have an opportunity to evaluate your players, you can't really get a full evaluation on players that don't respect the coaching staff or the coach who's in place at this particular moment. Um, When you get rid of somebody, you put everybody else on notice, Jay. People Mm -hmm. start to – players start to respond differently because their jobs are now on the line. But as as you keep a head coach around, you're going to get 11 penalties for 118 yards. That mess is not going to get cleaned up because they don't care. They're going to continue to get personal fouls after plays – roughing the passer, punching players, whatever the case may be, because they don't respect the head coach. And if you got a guy on the sideline like a Greg Williams that defense didn't play well, I mean, they were undisciplined too, That, but if you wanted to go that way for the next 12 games or so, I wouldn't be, you know, I wouldn't be against that, knowing that you're not keeping him either. But you at least, if you're Joe Douglas, the general manager, you have an opportunity to really get a real evaluation of who you want to keep around for the future based on how they respond, the way the situation happened with Gase and the new head coach. That's my experience when coaches are fired. I I do have a problem with them keeping Adam Gase around, and I I will double down on your comment, Key. I think what happens when you have a coach who people don't believe in or people don't like, you've lost a locker room. You've lost a locker room. You've lost all credibility. So don't act like – Players don't read the newspapers or aren't on their phones or aren't reading articles or aren't listening to stories or aren't listening to talk radio or sports center. People, that's what we do. We listen to it all the time. So once you've lost me, now it, I feel like the missed opportunity is if you keep him on board, now I, I, have, a, I have an excuse. Well, he was our coach. Now, that, that, look what he's done the whole time. If you remove him from the equation and you have somebody who is at least new – to a degree, I'm not saying that if that's Greg Williams, fine. At least it, it puts more pressure on the players to perform. Greg, now, Greg, now stand up and play. Greg Williams, as an, <clears throat> an interim head coach, has done a tremendous job at places that he has been interim head coach. Uh, players start to respond. And you say, well, we don't want to do that because we got an opportunity to get the first pick, second pick. Yeah, that may be the case. You look at the Miami Dolphins of, of a year ago. They started off rocky. Everybody assumed that they were trying to tank for Tua. Well, they wind up getting him any damn way. And they wind up kind of winning some games and being in some games. Two and, for two. You know, it was like, okay, we got the guy that everybody thought we wanted. And we got better. And we got a little bit better to a degree. Right. Uh, and so that's kind of how I'm looking at it. And I've been through this experiment to a degree. 1996, we were 1-15. That's well documented, With obviously, in New York's area with the New York Jets. And Richie Kotite was our coach. Ugh, right? I was like, oh, God. <laughs> you, you, he was bad. Oh, God. It was the worst. I'll have offline conversations about that. But you could sense that he wasn't going to be there. So you could sense that the players Checked around, out. we was already, come on, Jay. Yeah. I'm, come on, I'm man. with you. I was a young, on a bad team. I was a young pup. And when curfew happened, wasn't no curfew for me. I figured out where the exit was at. Now, this is a pandemic. It's a different situation. Sure. But I figured out how to get my extracurricular activities in, even though 
I had a game because I did not respect the coach because I knew he was gone. I'm just mm-hmm. being 100 with you in real. That's 100 meaning like I'm being real with you. Gotcha. Just in case you gotcha. wanted to know what I meant. Um, <laughs> you meant $100 bill. Right, so. I just wanted to clear it up. But, but it was like we did what we wanted to do. We go in. You're supposed to lift. We go in. We we lift, but we really don't lift, right? You go in. You're supposed to be there from 8 to 10 lifting. All of a sudden, we're out of there in 20 minutes because we didn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. We just started doing things differently. In rose the big tuna in his Cadillac. All that changed. Bill Parcells. Bill Parcells. All that changed. We go 9 and 7 when the first year. And then the following year, we go to the AFC Championship game. Think about that. Because of the respect wow. level. Just the respect level. Never mind his Super Bowl appearances and all that. Just the the fact that you you knew what you was getting. Plus eight in the first year and in a couple of years on the brink of the Super Bowl. Same players. Now, very small changes. Like, we, we drafted a couple guys. We brought in, like, a Brian Cox. And that was pretty much it. We didn't really – it wasn't an overhaul of the roster whatsoever. We still had the Mo Lewis's, the Aaron Glenn's, uh, some of the players, the Ray Mickensons of the world, myself. We still had some of the same guys, and we did that. Akia, that's exactly the point, though. Like, players have checked out. If there's no account, if there's no accountability for the head coach, so why is there accountability for me? No, that's true. And then when you, you got the head, I mean? when, like I, then when you got the head coach saying talking about how rich he is, so it doesn't really matter. As, as Jay Will astutely said, we hear that, we see that. You know, I don't need to pull it up on my phone. Chances are, I got an alert that's going to come across the phone and say something. You know, so we hear everything you're saying. And we say- may not say anything. But we know who you are. And I'm not saying it's right. But when there's a built-in excuse already in the machine, Mm. okay, it doesn't matter what I do. Look what's happening up front. Look at what's happening at the highest degree of leadership. That's how we're being led. This trickle-down effect, man. I'm just telling you how players think, especially if they're young, they're trying to figure it out. Absolutely. Come on, man. When you're young and you're trying to figure it out, I've been there, and you don't have the leadership teaching you and telling you and bringing you aside, I mean, I, I hate to always bring up Bill Parcells, but that's my experience, especially when I was young. When when I came there in 19, when he got there in 1997, be able to sit down and tell me what he expected from me immediately and for me to get it and click. It was like, okay, now I see what this is all about, opposed to a head coach talking about how rich. Imagine if a player did that, though. Oh, I don't care. I'm rich. I don't give a damn about the fans. They're, they're, they're paying me. What would happen? Yeah, this is fair. For those that aren't familiar, Adam Gase essentially used that he was wealthy as a retort when he was frustrated by a reporter's question. Although I'm wealthy. Could... <laughs> I won't say it. Dave Chappelle again. <laughs> it's too early, not too it's late. Too so early. We can't go there. Straight talk wireless, no contract, no compromise. Still to come, former Jet GM will join us, Mike Tannenbaum, on the way in eight minutes. What would he do? He's been in the room before. What would he do if he was in the room this morning? Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! 
Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Subin, the podcast. Let's head straight to the Shell Pennzoil performance line. I mentioned we were going to have somebody that has been, as Key likes to say, in the room before. Somebody that knows what tough decisions are like. At the table. At the table with an NFL franchise, and that's Mike Tannenbaum. Yeah, he was part of trading me. <laughs> you still haven't let it that go. It seemed like it was the right move at the time. <laughs> it was a win-win for everybody, especially for you. Every week Mike comes on, that's the first thing Key says. And so you least... say players aren't vindictive, right? They don't remember well, He could have stood on the table and be like, look, we need to pay him, period. <laughs> All right, Mike. Uh, the Jets paid the price last night. That's fair. You were a former uh, Jet front office member. You're our front office insider. Take me inside. I know everybody's up. Nobody slept last night. It's 6.34 in the morning here in the East. The Jets facility is just a handful of miles away from where we're sitting. What are the conversations like right now behind the scenes with what's going on with this organization? Look, Zubin, you're 0-4 two years in a row. That's awful. That's not, nowhere near where you want to be. And ownership is looking at Joe Douglas saying, what are we going to do? And if I'm Joe Douglas, I'm doing two things. I'm preaching, preaching patience to the building, the coaches, and the players, and to the media. But when I'm talking to ownership, I, I do have to have my list of things I would do. You guys touched on it on the last segment. You have somebody like Greg Williams that's been there. That is going to be part of the discussion because he's done it before. He's competent. And he's actually done the job. However... My recommendation would be we have to be a little bit more patient. And let me tell you why. I know that's not popular, but Adam Gase has only been there 20 games. And when he was hired, the referendum was, can he make Sam Darnold better? And if we go back to 2017, Sam Darnold had Clay Helton and T. Martin. In 2018, he had Todd Bowles and uh, Jeremy Bates. Then Adam Gase came in with Dal Loggins. So I don't think, in my opinion, that's in Sam Darnold's best interest to have his fourth coordinator and head coach in such a short period of time. Now, four weeks from now, we could keep reevaluating it. We could talk about, is it Trevor Lawrence and Dabo Sweeney, all the other speculation that may be out there. But if our singular focus is to say, we may have a franchise quarterback, I would give it a little bit more time. When you saw Sam last night, uh, Mike, before you said that, hey, if the Jets had the number one overall pick and Sam was still there and Trevor Lawrence was on the board, that you would certainly draft Trevor Lawrence and probably move Sam Darnold. After watching Sam last night, does that still stand? Gosh, Key, that's a great question. I mean, what's so interesting about Sam is his flash plays are at such a high level, we're just not seeing it consistently. And obviously, we saw the athleticism last night. He can make plays with his feet. He can make all the throws. I stand by that statement for two reasons. One is, part of being great is being consistent. And look, we could say that he's had below average offensive line below average skill players, which are certainly true. But when you're a great key and you were a great player, you've been around greatness, Jay will same thing. Greatness to me is defined by, can you make others better? And secondly, 
I believe Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback to come out since Andrew Luck. He would have been taken over the last three number one picks, Baker Mayfield, Kyle Murrow, Kyle Murray, and Joe Burrow. So from that standpoint, I think you're looking at greatness in a much more certain aspect with Trevor Lawrence. And with Sam Darnold, he may be good. I don't know if he'll be great. The Titans and the Steelers had to postpone this weekend because of the coronavirus situation. You went through something similar, not necessarily the coronavirus, when you were down in Miami. How difficult was it in terms of reshuffling the schedule? Yeah, Key, it's really difficult. In 2017, we were going to open against Tampa Bay because of a hurricane. That game got canceled. We immediately went into a bye week, and the Rams were great. We moved the whole franchise out uh, to the Rams facility. Uh, Players were optional for the first week because it was a bye week. And then we played 16 games in a row. And I made that suggestion yesterday. Like When you look at the schedule, you could shift Tennessee and Pittsburgh to Week 7. And then the Week 7 game between Pittsburgh and Baltimore – could go to week eight because both those teams have a bye week. Now, that's not ideal, but let's face it, we're in a world right now that where nothing's ideal. Mike, Patrick Mahomes is actually facing Bill Belichick for the fourth time in his career this weekend. What do you expect from that matchup? Jay, well, I think it's really interesting, and Key was with Coach Belichick as well. His whole notion that he wants you to believe on defense is this. If we're going to lose... Our opponent is going to beat us left-handed. That's what he's always stood for. And let's just go back to the talented tight end of the Raiders in Darren Waller. He started off the season, he had six catches. Then he had that big game against the Saints, he had 12. The following week against the Patriots, he only had two catches. And that's because he said, hey, if we're going to lose to the Raiders, they're going to have to beat us left-handed. It won't be Waller. And what I'm fascinated by is... Patrick Mahomes is going to, if they're going to beat the Patriots, they're going to have to, it's not going to be Kelsey, it's not going to be Tyreek Hill, because he'll double both of those players. So if we're talking about a big upset Sunday night or Monday, it's going to be because those other players didn't step up. So Demarcus Robinson, Sammy Watkins, somebody else from Kansas City is going to have to step up. Now, they're so talented and deep, they can do it. But I think one of Coach Belichick's, really one, one of his, things that really makes him so special and is a real force multiplier is those players are going to go in there on Sunday knowing that they have a game plan that, if they execute well, gives them a good chance to win. Hey, Mike, one quick thing for you here, uh, and that is I know you mentioned the scenario with what you think could happen with Pittsburgh and Tennessee with the coronavirus, but we could be on the tip of the iceberg depending on what happens as tests continue throughout the course of the season. And on that note, we should mention that President Trump and Melania, the First Lady, announcing early this morning that they had both tested positive. Good Morning America has continuing coverage of this breaking news story, so watch ABC News for more on that. It's obviously a gigantic story here. From somebody that has essentially led an organization and would have to make major decisions regarding player health and safety if it were to hit your particular franchise. Can you just kind of give us your thoughts, not just on the rescheduling like you mentioned, but just what's going on and what the league might be facing here that many other sports have faced and then somehow averted? Yeah, Zubin, I think the league and the union have done a great job. I think that we're so far into the season and only one game is impacted. Tells me that the players and coaches on the ground level are doing a great job adhering to the protocols. And as Key alluded to, I did live it when we were displaced with a hurricane. Uh, our owner, Steve Ross, was fantastic. He had, gave us all the resources where you really want to focus in on their players and their families. And that's things that you don't see behind the scenes, which is all the concerns that the players have. So you want to take care of them first and foremost, that they're safe, they're healthy, they're protected. Then let's go win games. So um, 
you're, you're leaning on your player engagement people to make sure that all the families are taken care of, and then you're making sure that your roster is airtight. And we saw that last night with both Denver and the Jets, where they're signing players off their practice squad. So it's a very fluid situation. You have to communicate very effectively, and you try to stay on top of it the best you can, knowing, Zubin, that unforeseen things are going to happen, which is just the unfortunate times that we're in. No question. It's 2020 in a nutshell. Priority over pigskin has got to call for sure, and we'll obviously monitor the situation as we go day by day, week by week, because there's no point looking further ahead than that. Mike, thank you very much. We will see you next week. I'm sure Key will bang you one more time on trading. No, it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, guys. Have a good weekend. Thanks, Mike. Mike Tannenbaum taking us inside the organization. Fascinating to see what's going on right now. He says preach patience. Well, yeah, you you have to, uh, you know, be patient in certain situations. And I think when you look at it, you know, Mike's a general manager. Right, he's 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 a general manager, and he thinks like general managers think. Sure, um, doesn't want to put Adam Gase out there. I mean, he's, he hired Adam Gase, and he was with him at the Miami Dolphins, so doesn't want to just put him out there. Sure. But we see it, and and Mike sees it, and he knows. That's why he mentioned Joe Douglas having to say one thing to the public and another thing to the owners, um, and that's kind of how you kind of play around with it a little bit. I would say, Fair just be safe. Be safe. Be cautious. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Home Insurance. Get your quote at Progressive.com today. You know, they didn't play an NBA Finals game yesterday, but there was some juicy stuff that mm-hmm. came out of the association. We were all texting earlier in the day. Jay well, did you sign me yeah. on the text? I, yeah. didn't, I, 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 I didn't see him. I didn't see Zubin on the text chain. Uh, yeah, yeah, I didn't see you once. I was texted. I saw it. No, you, was texted. <laughs> you were texted. You didn't respond, though. We were waiting for your response. I saved it for the air. Fellas. We were I actually taking air. wages on whether or not you would respond. <laughs> Is texted a word? Is that in past tense, uh, or I was sent a text? I had received a text from Jay uh, Will yesterday. Okay. We'll keep it to that for I'm syntax just wise. Just, it was a question. It was a question. <laughs> in the past tense. I got the text yesterday, so maybe you texted me. We'll talk about some of the text you may have seen online, some Kyrie, some eyebrow-raising uh, comments about the coaching situation with Steve Nash and one of his old teammates that's in just one minute but first let's go from a to z from a to z gotta tell you here jay there's a lot of text on this screen so let's try to (laughs) run through this as fast as we can the soundtrack finger snapping is here from a to z brought to you by redbox now at redbox antebellum starring janelle monet stream this theatrical home release today and visit redbox.com for all the ways to watch. Jay is grooving, but he should be because behind Clayton Kershaw's dominant performance, his Dodgers became the third team to advance in the division series on Thursday. Clay, normally it sounds crazy for the best lefty of his generation. Sometimes he's been a little bit up and down in the postseason, as he definitely knows, but he tossed eight scoreless innings, 13 Ks. Dodgers win 3 nothing. They move on. They sweep Milwaukee. The A's defeat the White Sox. They'll get the Astros next. The Braves also advancing. The Reds just simply just could not hit. They just couldn't hit at all. Well, the, great, the great thing about Clayton is he went eight. That was impressive to me. But also paying off for us is Mookie Betts. Mookie mm-hmm. Betts, that $300 million contract, it's paying off. No that's doubt. for sure. And when you go eight, you don't tax your bullpen. So that's important as well. And in the other game, the wild game, Fernando Tatis went yard a couple times. Cardinals led 6-2 in the sixth. And then the floodgates opened for San Diego. They were tremendous, especially in inning six, seven, and eight. Pods. Whew. Will force a game three, 708 Eastern first pitch today. The Sixers, well, this didn't take long department. Basically, Doc Rivers was on the open market on the street for about three days, and now he's the head coach of the Sixers. Like I said yesterday, nothing to think about. Just get it done. Yep. 
Woj reporting it. It's a five-year deal. He'll take over, obviously, a team that has a ton of talent, yet couldn't get over the top. Does that sound familiar? Maybe it's the team he came from. <laughs> but he got Tobias Harris, who had the best time, I mean, best career uh, when he was with Doc out in the, uh, the Clippers. He was cooking, so maybe he can get him back cooking. It's a great point. And as I mentioned, no NBA Finals yesterday, not the same tonight. We'll get game two. Goran Dragic, 34 years old, Bam out of bio of the Heat, the youngster, both listed as doubtful tonight, as if the Heat didn't have enough problems. Dragic, yeah, it wouldn't matter anyway. <laughs> foot injury for Goran in his uh, plantar fasciae tear. Plus, Adebayo has a neck strain. He's got a shoulder injury. He's had a wrist injury earlier in the playoffs. Jimmy Butler turned his ankle in game one a couple of different Not our times. Fault. <laughs> Wearing a wrap on the ankle when people saw him during the off day. Again, game two tonight on ABC. NBA Countdown gets you underway at 8.30 Eastern with Jay Will and the crew. You can hear coverage of every single finals game on ESPN Radio beginning at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Okay, so it's been a while since we've talked about Kyrie Irving or anybody else that doesn't have to do with the NBA Finals. Of course, Kyrie wasn't even really in the bubble. He sat out. Somehow the Nets actually ended up making the playoffs, which is one of the more underrated accomplishments, i got to mention, this season, especially after a coaching change. But yesterday... Kevin Durant's got a new podcast, and what better way to get attention for that podcast when it drops than to have your old teammate Kyrie Irving aboard? He said a couple of really interesting things, including saying one thing and meaning another. Listen to this comment about his new teammate, Kevin Durant, and then we'll get into the other aspect of what he didn't say here. Ten seconds left. One point game. Who's shooting? You, you were Kyrie, KD? Depends on who's hot. I don't see it as, that, as anything other than that, like, one three pick and roll, or it's an ISO for either one of us, or it's something great for our our team. I'm one thing I'm I've always been comfortable with is, you know, I felt like I was the best option on every team I played for, you know, down the stretch. This is the first time in my career where I could look down and be like, that make that shot too. <laughs> that on the boardroom podcast network, Jay, is he missing somebody? Is he not taking somebody into account? Well, he's obviously, you know, he's. That's a LeBron James reference. And I, I saw Kyrie on his Twitter handle say that he wasn't, you know, he would have mentioned LeBron James by his name, but he didn't have to say LeBron James. He, everybody knew what he was talking about. <laughs> and I would say this, though. Five seconds left to go in the game. It wasn't about making the right play. It was about making a bucket. I give the ball to Kyrie. Mm. I don't give the ball to LeBron James. Wow. And that, that's fine. But the timing of this was just so poor. It, it, it was it was so poor, and it, once again, these are the things that I feel like take away from how great Kyrie is, is when you say things like this, and I know he's bonding with Kevin Durant, but it just becomes such a shot at every other player that, that Kyrie has played it with, and especially the guy who's in the NBA Finals, about to win his fourth world championship, who is considered to be one of the greatest players to ever live. It brings so much attention on that. And these are the situations I continuously find Kyrie Irving in when he speaks off the cuff. I I don't have a problem with him saying he felt like, you know, he should take the last shot every single time. In football, I felt like there was no other option but me, mm-hmm. period. You want to throw the ball in the red zone, get it to me. You want something big on third down, get it to me. But I also, too, recognize if that number 80 is on the other side, Jerry Rice or that number 84 with them braids, Randy Moss, mm-hmm. and they want to do something with them, I do recognize that that could be an option. So I don't know what prompted Kyrie 
other than maybe getting KD some attention on the podcast mm-hmm. for saying that. But much like Jay Will said, might be the wrong time to say that, bro. You know, he is getting ready to win his fourth title, 10th appearance. And prior to him arriving to Cleveland to team with Kyrie, Cleveland couldn't get out of their own way with Kyrie. Mm-hmm. He goes there, they win a championship. He leaves, not so good. Kyrie goes to Boston, it didn't work out. Everywhere LeBron goes, it seems to work out. <laughs> so it's just, you know, I don't know what I don't know what made him say. I just let I don't me, know. Let me say this. This is the new Tupac versus Biggie. That's what next year is going to be. West Coast versus East Coast. LeBron James, AD versus KD and Kyrie. And even LeBron James and AD, I don't care what anybody says, and it was, it was probably spearheaded by LeBron, and I, this is all speculative. I'm not saying this is a fact. Well, why would it be spearheaded by LeBron? Hold on, let me, let me oh, finish okay. my statement before you start asking questions. LeBron then said, hey, Anthony Davis and I aren't jealous of each other. He made a comment after that. Now, if you're listening to that, and that comment happens after Kyrie's comments come out, how do you not take that as something as you felt that when LeBron and Kyrie were together? It, you felt Kyrie multiple times if it was Kyrie referencing or Kyrie's dad saying, hey, I don't want to be around Randy Mims. He's not on our team. You know, LeBron James camp. Or if it was Kyrie not liking being called, you know, son or the, the thing. Sometimes LeBron would say referencing Kyrie to be like the the kid, mm-hmm. things of that sort. You know, LeBron would say in postgame things after that sort. So it feels like there's going to be this battle that we're going to see happen between the two coasts. And this is like a Tupac Biggie battle. Those are rappers, just in case you wanted to know out there. <laughs> I maybe out of touch, but not that out of touch. I do know who those Did I explain guys are myself sure. properly? You gave me like a quizzical look when I was talking about LeBron post game saying things about Kyrie. He referred to him as, you know, the kid, things of that sort, which made, I think, Kyrie at times feel like he wasn't on the same level as LeBron James as it relates to being a colleague. No question about it. No question about it. Uh, especially when you take into part the age difference, all that sort of stuff when they entered the league. But you mentioned LeBron and what he said about his relationship with AD with some curious timing after Kyrie made his comments. Very astute point by Jay there. Let's hear exactly what the King said about why he and AD are so in lockstep. We're not jealous of each other. I think that's the best thing in professional sports you have guys that join forces to you know you call them alpha males that's what they call them two guys that's been dominant in a specific sport on their own respective teams and they get together and they talk about okay how dominant they can be and they talk about this is going to be this and that i believe jealousy creeps in a lot and uh that is the absolute contrary of what we are we know who we are we know what we're about and we want the best seriously every single day both on and off the floor for one another we're just not we're not jealous of one another and I think that you align that with respect I think the sky's the limit both of you guys are nodding your head well I, I know who he's talking to he's talking to Kyrie <laughs> right. he's just using the AD situation to just kind of Real quick, just a little poke him a little bit. Let him know while I'm here at this championship press conference, I'm going to let you know there's no need to be jealous. And I hear you. And I hear you loud and clear, but there's no need to be jealous of the accomplishments. There's no need for those sort of things. And so, look, as, as far as I can see, if Kyrie doesn't say what he's saying, if Kyrie's working out 
and just getting shots up or rehabbing. LeBron doesn't even reference jealousy in that press conference. He doesn't even bring that up at all, whether he was asked by someone or not. He doesn't even mention jealousy. But because Kyrie said what he said, LeBron said, I'll I'll kill him softly with this type of kindness. Mm -hmm. Two things. Richard Jefferson actually talked about this in the 2016 NBA Finals when Kyrie made that incredible three-point shot to win the game. If you actually look inside the huddle, Mm -hmm. Richard Jefferson referenced the fact that LeBron James was the one that told their head coach, hey, get Kyrie on the matchup with Stephen Curry. That's the best matchup for the game to make the shot, right? Mm. So you talk about jealousy. That's LeBron James being the guy saying, hey, look, put Kyrie in a situation because he can close the game. Secondly, I will say this. When Kyrie then went on Twitter afterwards and said, hey, you guys know what the media about? The media is about. It's entertainment. Well, Kyrie, you're participating in the media for right, entertainment. Right. And you can't get mad at the media for then interpreting that and then expanding a thought on that. You, you can't chastise the same entity that you're using to create your narrative. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Greeny is on the way next to unload on the chess. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.